you've been following our recent podcasts, you'll know that we've been speaking to former Blues about their time at Everton and also about the career and life paths they followed after leaving Goodison Park. Our next guest only spent one season with the Toffees, his last as a player, before first testing out a career in the media and later stepping into the boardroom to become Chief Executive Officer of German side VfB Stuttgart. Following his retirement in 2013, he also made the decision to come out as gay and remains the most high-profile footballer to do so. I caught up with Thomas Hitzelsberger to discuss leaving Bayern Munich for Aston Villa as a teenager, why the pull of playing for Everton proved too strong to resist, the support he received from inside and outside the world of football after expressing his sexuality, and why a step into the business side of the game has helped him rediscover his passion for football that he'd lost. Thomas, great to catch up with you again. Great to see you looking well. Not many former Everton players are the CEO of a major football club. How did that come about? That's some journey, that. Sorry, kind of you to ask. Seriously, I, I didn't expect that. I didn't see it coming. Um, it's, it's more um, um, an incident, so to speak, because after my career, like most players, I didn't exactly know what to do. I had to reorganise myself. Uh, I had a shot at media. Um, I think... Some people liked it. I was quite happy. I enjoyed it. But four and a half years ago, Stuttgart got relegated and I got a phone call from my former club and people saying, we want you back. We want you to join Stuttgart again and, and sort of give us your advice and help us getting back into it. So I've been here for four and a half years, moved up from being an advisor to academy director, member of the board. And when this CEO job was uh, up for grabs, I thought I want to take it. You know, this uh, opportunity probably only comes around once, and and I grabbed it. And and thankfully, people trusted me that I can fulfil this role. It's a it's a desperately challenging time to be the CEO of a football club, isn't it, Thomas? Absolutely, uh, because I had a plan, of course, what my ideas were, how I wanted to sort of bring the club forward. Uh, a lot of ideas, and and a few months later, this uh, Corona thing comes about, and you have to. Uh, again, think about it, how to you know keep the club alive uh, and, and, and improvise and do a lot of things. But I could trust on a lot of good colleagues, people who are experienced enough. And, and I think we've done well in the first few months, but hopefully this will not go on for forever. You played international football yourself, Thomas. You played in the Premier League. When you're at the training ground, are you ever tempted to pop across and just say to one or two of the players, listen, you're not doing that right. You should be deeper. You should be wider. Not so much. Uh, I don't watch training every day, but occasionally I go there and I watch it. And, and to be to be honest with you, lately I felt like I want to get back on the pitch. I want to you know have a shot at goal and do some free kicks. Uh, but I, I wanted to wait until the players leave the training ground because I don't want to get stuck <laughs> from them. I think some of them know that I used to be a player, but I'm not sure good how I am uh, these days. But I definitely want to go back now on the training pitch. Uh, but most of the time, I'm very happy in my current role. Is the hammer still in the locker? Can you still hit a mean free kick? I don't know. I have to test it. You know, I'm going to do it sometime soon. I'll let you know. I'll, I'll drop you a text. I, I think it's still there, yeah. <laughs> do, do you really miss playing, particularly on a match day? Occasionally, yeah. I mean, you know, when I, when I look back, there's been, there's been some really good days and, and the good memories, but there, there's also been some tough days. And that's why I do not want to be a professional football player anymore because I know what it takes at times. But um, there are some match days when everything is perfect, the pitch is perfect, the weather is great, full stadium. Then those are the days where I think I want to be in there scoring goals and, and winning. Uh, so occasionally I miss it. Let's go back to the very beginning 
Thomas, of your football story. How did your professional career start in England? Well, I joined Aston Villa when I was 18. Uh, before that, I played you know, in the academy of Bayern for, for 11 years. And, you know, I was, I was a good talent, but I wasn't quite sure whether I'd make it at, at Bayern. I was one of many talents, uh, but I had a chance to, to go on a trial at Villa, which I, which I took for a week. They liked what they were seeing. I was really happy because I felt like they really want me in the first team and that sort of recognition, something I was, I was sort of longing for. And then I moved over there uh, half a year later after the trial and, and uh, spent five years at Villa, which was a, a fantastic time, uh, a club I like very much. And... I want to do well, uh, especially the people there. You know, I've met wonderful people and had five great years there. Was it a, was it a gamble on your part to leave Bayern Munich after you'd been there for so long? I don't think it was a gamble to leave Bayern uh, because realistically I thought I wouldn't make it into the first team directly. Um, it was just unusual at the time to move from a club like Bayern Munich to, to Aston Villa, uh, even though Villa played it in the Premier League, but it was just an unusual move. But... Uh, I've learned so much being in the Premier League, but also uh, learning the language, I would say, properly and making a lot of friends and to mature, to leave home at the age of 18. Uh, I've benefited from it so much that I have no regrets when it comes to, to leaving uh, home at, at 18. English football seemed to suit you as well, didn't it? I, I didn't know what to expect and, and it was just uh, a career move. I wanted to become a professional football player and then when it turned out that the style of play is something that suited me, plus you know people sort of enjoyed what they were seeing uh, and I was comfortable. I thought, yeah, this is exactly what I, what I wanted, uh, the, the way it was played, atmosphere in the stadium, mentality, people, you know, good sense of humour, uh, the banter, everything that was part of it, I really enjoyed and I think people... They, they realised that I, I was comfortable and I enjoyed being in England, living there. And that's why you get so much acceptance. Uh, I got the culture and I really love it. Rather bizarrely, one of your teammates at Aston Villa has only just announced his retirement from playing the game. We enjoyed having Gareth Barry at Everton Football Club. How good was he to play alongside? I had to accept that he was better than me. Uh, at the beginning, you know, I, I thought everyone was raving about him and I thought, you know, he's, he's good, but can I be better than him? I wanted to play midfield. He played as a left back and eventually he moved into the centre, you know, sometimes taking my position. And I thought, you know, I'm, I can be as good as him. But after a while, I, I realised, you know, he's just, he's different. He's, he's, he continuously plays at the highest level. There's hardly any dips. He can play in almost any position. Uh, and as you know, his personality, some, he's, he's the sort of player you want to have in your team. He takes, takes responsibility. Uh, he's played, what, 600 Premier League games, uh, played for England many times. So I have huge respect for Gareth, so that eventually when we played against each other with the national team, I wanted his shirt and not somebody else's, and I'm quite happy to have it. The lads at Everton used to say he was fantastic to play alongside because if ever you had the ball, you only had to look up and Gareth Barry was in space. He was one of those players, wasn't he? He was indeed. The only trouble was he was left-footed for me personally, <laughs> as I said. But no, I'm, I'm over it. And, and as I said, you know, they're the sort of guys that uh, you have huge respect for because they constantly deliver. And uh, I've admired his career uh, to be fit for 20 years and then and, and play for so many great clubs, play for the national team. Uh, he, he deserves everything that he, he's got during his career. When you went back to Germany with Stuttgart, you, you won the Bundesliga. Did you think then that... That was you. Did you think you'd stay in Germany then? Did you think you'd spend the rest of your career in the Bundesliga? 
Well, when I joined Stuttgart, it was uh, something that I wanted to be back in Germany, closer to the family uh, and, and some, some friends that I've not seen for, for many years. And it was great being there, but most of all, it was great winning the league. You know, uh, if, if you play for another club than Bayern and win the league, it's, it's something special. And here I experienced something similar. People I got on with, made a lot of friends. But I wasn't quite sure because the five years in the Premier League at Villa were so special that it was always in the back of my mind. If I get another opportunity, I would probably consider moving back to England. What was the Lazio experience like for you? <laughs> I don't know. It was tough, honestly. It was really difficult. Something I don't talk about very often because it was six months or five months that I spent there where I thought it was another experience that would be good for my career. I was hopeful moving there, but it went, it almost all went wrong. Uh, you know, the, the manager that signed me got sacked after the first game I was there. A new manager, you know, he probably didn't like me so much as a player. Uh, and I was left out of the team most of the time. It was a difficult time in the career, which has shaped me as well. Uh, but after that, I knew I would want to go home as quickly as possible. Was that the first time you, you probably felt homesick? Probably, yeah. It was different kind of homesickness that I, that I had because I was old enough. I had lived abroad for, for five years and, and then going to Italy, a, a country that I really like. But to see that, you know, you like the country, you like the lifestyle, the football's there, but it doesn't go the way you want it. And, and it, it was difficult. I, I needed some friends close to me at the time. And I also must admit that there's, there's been some teammates that have been really, really nice to me. They, they understood that I was in a, a difficult place uh, and they tried to help me out, which I really appreciate. But in the end, it was just a chapter, uh, a short chapter as part of it, but um, it, it was a difficult one. West Ham United was your next port of call in England and, and another, a proper football club, we call it, don't we? A good football club. Absolutely. It was the, the disappointment of Lazio was behind me. And, and when the opportunity came up, my, my agent, he found me and said, Lazio, uh, sorry, uh, West Ham's interested. And I thought, you know, this is, this is exactly what I was looking for. Being back in England, a uh, great club. And, and that's what I did. And, and, and I signed for, for West Ham, uh, really, you know, getting back to what I used to be. But I soon got injured in pre-season after four weeks. I had a, a big injury, was out for six months, which was a bit of a disaster for me personally. Um, mm. So that's why it was tough, but I was so happy to be back in England. Then you went back to Germany again, then you came back to England. How did the move to Everton come about? Can you remember? I, I would say at the end of my time at, uh, at West Ham, uh, things had changed in, in my life, you know, it became more difficult. I knew that also as a footballer, I wasn't... At my best, my peak is past and, and I had to look for new opportunities. I went back to Germany, again, was, was injured a lot. And then I was almost done with football after the experience at Wolfsburg. I, I lost interest and had a lot of injuries. And I thought, you know, what's the point? You move in from one place to the other within six months or 12 months and you don't get the same success and joy anymore. So I took some time off, uh, went to the States for, I think, three months. Uh, had a good time, enjoyed myself. You know, one of the best times I had in my life. Uh, sorted a few things out and yeah my agent phoned me and said you know don't you want to play again I said I'm not quite sure I'm you know I think I'm done with football but um, yeah I trained with the earthquakes I think for a couple of weeks and I thought I'd just give it one last shot but I said if I do play I want to play in England and he said where do you want to go <laughs> I said um, if you ask me that question there are very few clubs I would like to play for and Everton was one of them and I said if you can get me to Everton I'd love it I'll, I'll give it a go and I, that's where I ended up 
What's it like for a professional footballer when you fall out of love with the game? And it just be, does it just become a slog? Does it just become like a, another job? Yeah, it's a slog, definitely. Uh, because when I when I joined, it was, it was a trial at first. Uh, David Moyes said, you know, the, the lad can come here and, and show us what he's got. And I think I did train well at the time. Um, but... I knew it was difficult because the team played so well that season. Uh, and, and, you know, you kind of see yourself, you think, you know, he's still good enough, but this team's performing. Uh, it will be difficult to get into the team. Uh, and I had certain other things on my mind and I wasn't quite sure, will I get back into the team? I tried hard, uh, but in the end, I think the manager made the right choice in the teams that he picked at the time. But um, similar to all the other clubs I've been to in England, uh, great people there, of course, yourself uh, and, and some of the teammates, staff. You always find friendly people, there, which makes life so much easier, even though when you're not playing. Um, but I think I got to the stage where I realised I'm not the same anymore. I need to change something about what I'm doing. And, and that's why at the end of the Everton spell, I knew I think my time was up in football. How did you get on with David Moyes, generally? I had, uh, when I walked in and I immediately realised that he has been at the club for so long, he was, he was the gaffer, he was the boss, he, he exactly said what was going on, everybody was uh, following his, uh, his advice uh, and it was quite emotional last season for him be, before he joined Man United and I said to, to walk into a club where everything around the club is, is, is well set up, you know, the fan base is great. I love the stadium because it's still one of those old grounds, not new modern arenas. I had special memories. And then to see the first team working so well is 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 great because there's no other problems going on. Um, and I had huge respect for the work he's done for the club and some of the players he's attracted to the club. Um, and I thought, you know, see how, how he does at Man United. But it was quite emotional in the end. And yeah. I had a lot of respect for him, what he's done at Everton. Which players impressed you when you were at Everton? Well, there's, there's plenty of players because, as I said, you know that season I think we finished sixth or seventh. Um, to 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 see them perform on a weekly basis at that level, I think Leighton Baines had a had a tremendous season. Uh, I was really impressed with him. Um, I think Sylvain this time because of his you know his age at the time, but to see him so professional, putting in extra shifts and again personality checks. Uh, Phil Phil Neville uh, as a captain, a you know, really good guy, and you just go on with the list. Um, yeah. It was just impressive. Leon Osman, uh, you know, he's one of those similar to Gareth Barry. You know, they don't always get the mention and recognition that they deserve because they keep on working hard every day and they're always there. You, new players come in, you think it's the time for them to to go on the bench, but no, they keep on playing. So you, I could name a lot of players. Uh, Tim Howard, great character, you name them. It was a great dressing room to go into, wasn't it? You just reeled off a list there of, of not just great players, but terrific lads as well. Yes, that's, that's true. Uh, because in football, uh, you know, to, to meet those characters and that, when I go back to my Villa experience, uh, when I look at that team, the, the, the amount of characters with Paul Merce and Dion Dublin, David Chinola, you know, you look yeah. back and think they were real characters. That what shaped me as well. And, and then at Everton, it was similar. You, they're not just good footballers, but they're personalities. And, and, you know, I don't want to moan too much about modern day football and the players you see there. But they were the real characters, the people you talk to. Uh, and they, they were demanding, but they were real professionals. And, and it was a good experience. You played your last game when you were 31 years of age, which is, which is quite young. Was it, was it your body telling you it was time to pack in as well? 
body and my mind. Yeah, both. And it was so obvious. Uh, that's what I said. I had uh, a couple of training sessions. They were they they still stick with me. Um, we done shuffle runs and usually I was quite good at it. And the week before we did them, the, the lads were off and I did train that week, even though we were off because I wanted to be super fit, fitter than everybody else. And we did those runs and I, I was, I was absolutely hopeless. You know, David Moyes, <laughs> David Moyes was shouting at me, saying, come on, Thomas, I want more from you. And then I realized my head just wasn't in it anymore. Uh, and that's when I thought, okay, it, it's so clear, so obvious you got to stop here. Uh, just make sure you finish the season well. Uh, put in your best every day in training. Don't don't let yourself down. Uh, but I, I knew it was time to call it a day. The fans took to you, didn't they? The Evertonians took to you quite quickly. Uh, well, they haven't seen me that often. They haven't seen me play. I'm glad you say that. But I, I just don't know. Every time I was there, I enjoyed it. Um, and and I, I think because the only 10, 12, 13 games I've played, it wasn't enough that people wouldn't know enough about me. Uh, but I tried to be an integral part of the team of the club and uh, and always be super professional. Um, so I'm glad when you say there are people that like me, but I think I didn't play enough for, they, for them to say you was a good player. Uh, but I can return the compliment and say I enjoyed every day I was there in terms of working with this community. We've We've had a... Uh, a yeah. day where we went into Everton in the community, which I really liked the project, uh, veterans coming back from the war, and, and just to see how much Everton means for the community, how much Everton does for the community. That to me is, uh, that's why football is so special. It reaches a lot of people and, and the players can do so much good. And, and I love the fact that I was part of it. Just to go off track slightly then and stay on community, has the Stuttgart Football Club been very much involved with the local community during this, this pandemic? Yes, we are. Uh, I think in England, uh, football clubs spend even more money in helping the community. It's something we right. do. Uh, and I try to bring in this, this uh, experience from, from clubs in England to say what they've done, how seriously they take, them, uh, take it. And that's what we also do. Unfortunately, and in my opinion, it doesn't get mentioned often enough uh, when you talk to the press, what they enjoy writing about is the football, the gossip, but not enough about the, the good courses and what we yeah. do for people here in Stuttgart and the surrounding areas. But it's, uh, it's something we do and, and I'll try to, to push it even further that we spend more time and money in, in helping people here in the area. As I said, you did play at the very top level, international football as well. When you look back over your, your playing career, any regrets? Lazio part? Well, Lazio as such is not a regret. It was just something that I experienced and, and it wasn't the best of experiences. Uh, but regrets, fortunately, I don't have any regrets that come to my mind immediately. Uh, as I said, it was a great journey that I made. I've lived abroad. I've made friends. Uh, I played uh, for great clubs, for the national team. Um, so there's been a lot of good things and I, I, I prefer to focus on those moments rather than the, the bad ones, even though they, they're part of it. But... No, if you ask me, not really. I don't have many regrets. When you made the decision to speak publicly about your private life, Thomas, was that a decision that you felt you had to leave until you'd finished playing? Not necessarily. Before I joined Everton, I was at Wolfsburg, and that was the period when I thought, you know, I have to go public. I was, I was talking to friends. I was talking... To, uh, to, to, to the media privately. I was, I was talking to a lawyer and I said, look, it's time. I think I'm a professional football player. Uh, I think it's time to speak up and, and, and move forward, talk about uh, a taboo like homosexuality in football. 
uh, and almost everybody told me not to do so because they feared for my career and various other things. So people are very fearful when it comes to that. And I think I wasn't ready, you know, probably it was the right decision. So I, you know, kept it to myself. I lived my life the way I wanted to live. And at Everton, I tried to focus on playing football. Uh, but when I left Everton, I thought, if I don't speak up, probably nobody will. Uh, and that's why six months later, I did come out publicly. What was the reaction like from your, 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 your friends and former teammates in football? Very positive. And, and that's what I try to mention now when I'm being asked that, People always focus on, on the bad sides of it. They think everything's going to be bad and, and there's be criticism and the fans won't take it well and all that. My life was great as a football player and has improved afterwards uh, because there's been such a, a positive response. Uh, you'd be amazed uh, how how well the life can change in, in, into a good direction. And that that's my experience. And I try to concentrate on that and said well um, it was so much better than a lot of people anticipated and that's why it was the right thing to do. Football does a lot of work inclusion work but I suppose like everything it, the sport can still do more can't it? Well of course we all can do more uh, I think football with with the money that's available to spend uh, every every single club has to focus on what they what they really want to achieve of course we all want to stay in the top division we want to be successful but we have responsibility. We've talked about it uh, earlier. And, uh, and I think we, we have great opportunity and we should spend the money wisely. We should be aware of our responsibility. Uh, and I wouldn't be so critical. There's a lot of um, good examples of clubs um, doing a, a good job. As I said, though, not often it, it gets mentioned as it should be. If a player came to you, a gay footballer came to you, Thomas, and said, listen, I want to go public, I want to get the pressure off me, what would you say to him? What would be your advice? Depends on a, on a, on a player, on, on a person. There is not just one way of, of doing things and say, OK, gay football player, this is what you should do. You've, you've got to talk to the people. As I said, in, in my case at the time, I probably wasn't confident enough. I was listening more to the voices around me than my inner voice. And, and it was probably right to do so. Uh, and that's why I think players who, who have that on, them, on their mind got to be confident they have a, a good supporting system. And that's why there is not just a single plan and way to do it. You've got to talk to the people and, and see the position they're in. My role is what I can do is encourage people to be brave, to be open about who they are. And, and talk about the positive experiences that I've had since. They're not Don't focus so much on, on the fear and negative sides of it. Just believe that the majority of the people who are part of football and in society, uh, they know the time is right, that the supporting system is there. And even though some, closes, uh, some doors will close, new doors will open and your life will be richer, probably better than before because you you know, you've got nothing to hide. Just don't keep an eye on English football. I do, of course, but I've got so much to do here at Stuttgart in, in my current role that I don't have enough time to watch games uh, in for. But I look at the scores and the Premier League is always of interest. And if some teams I like are in the championship, then I even follow the championship. We can watch most games and I've got fond memories. That's why I still keep an eye on it, yeah. We had John Joe Kenny in the Bundesliga last year. He played for Schalke and did really, really well. He even scored a couple of goals. It seems a good league for young English players. I'd, I'd like to see more lads doing it, would you? 
There are more and more young English players who have a go, English and American players, because the Bundesliga is seen as, as a, the league that gives young talent uh, an opportunity. For us, the biggest change, or when I say for us, but I think for, for English players, the biggest change was Jaden Sancho when he, when he joined Dortmund. He's done ever so well. And uh, Bellingham now, uh, he's signed for Dortmund, a uh, lad from, from Birmingham City. And, and more and more coming because the, the step from, from academy in, in England uh, up to the Premier League is huge and, and the Bundesliga uh, gives that opportunity more often so. Uh, we have to develop talent. We don't have as much money as the Premier League clubs and that's why we have to sometimes take a bit of a risk or give that uh, platform to young players and has worked out in, in the past few years. And I wouldn't be surprised to see more young English players joining the Bundesliga. I think in the past it was maybe the Dutch league, the Belgian league, but the Bundesliga with its infrastructure, the big stadia, and uh, everything that's here is certainly something young players uh, should strive for and, and spend time with. Is, is reserve team football the structure the same in Germany as it is over here? Is it basically under-23s? Uh, no, it's not the same. Our reserve teams, they play in the regular league system. So if you have a, a reserve team, ours could ideally play in the third Bundesliga. It's just we don't have our own reserve league where only reserve teams play each other. Our reserve leagues, not every Bundesliga club has a reserve team. Most of them have though, and they all play in the regular leagues down in the third, fourth, fifth division, depends on how good they are. So they're playing against experienced footballers aren't they probably learning a lot more than they do when they play against boys of a similar age they do i think it's a it's a very good system uh, the way it's been uh, executed here that our second team is now in the fourth division playing against you know men and with a lot of experience and it helps you to mature quicker if you just come out the under 19s team and then play men's football uh, it, it toughens you up certainly it's a, it's a good experience and I think young players often need that one or two years in between they move up to the Bundesliga Premier League or wherever uh, to get used to it International football tends to go in cycles Holland have their moments then Spain will have their moments and France will have their moments the Germans are always in the mix is that as much to do with mentality do you think? Well, you just look at the last World Cup where we didn't do too well. But in general, I'd say when we go to big tournaments, we seem to be up there with the favourites, whether either we are very good at what we're doing or we sometimes a bit lucky and we have that reputation of doing well in those four or five weeks where the tournament takes place. Mentality is, is a big word. Uh, it's often been discussed here. Do we have the right mentality? Does the next generation have the right mentality? It's something we, we enjoy using because it gives us sometimes the edge. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say every German has that mentality, but predominantly something we like mentioning when we go into tournaments. So psycho psychologically, it helps and we keep uh, pushing it. Yeah. Why do you always win on penalties? We don't give away all secrets, you know. We, some, <laughs> some of the secrets we keep to ourselves. You're right there, but I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Did you ever consider coaching when you finished playing, Thomas? Did you do any badges? I did some of the badges, but I didn't seriously consider coaching. In my opinion, you have to have that passion. You have to have the passion of being on the pitch um, almost 24-7, wanting to watch games, analyse games. But the, the latest generation of coaches who we see at the top, they, they have a different approach. And I didn't feel that passion when I left football that in my opinion is necessary to, to be a good coach. I had enough passion for the game, for the business and everything. That's why I'm in my current role. But to be uh, an excellent coach, uh, something was missing. However, 
I, I felt like I, I would love to be, you know, coach in, in the academy because I think I've had interesting stages in my life. I had uh, experiences that are worth being passed on. Um, that's something in the back of my mind. I don't want to rule it out that one day I'll do it, but currently I'm, I've got other things to do. A former professional player in such a top strategic job at a football club like yourself is a, is a wonderfully simple concept. Why don't, other, why don't more do it? It's difficult to say. I have to say it's very demanding. Uh, for, for 15 years in my life, I was, I was a football player. I didn't study management, uh, so I'm not your obvious choice. But with everything that happened in my life, in my professional life, uh, I was probably qualified enough to do this role. It's, I must admit that the, the supervisory board here, people that have given me the job, the, the trust they put in me, um, it wasn't so easy. I think they've taken a bit of a risk, uh, but they've got their faith in me and, and I'm glad they did. But it's not your obvious choice with my background but I don't want to let them down so far. We've managed one promotion, so I haven't done too badly. But it's it's just not as simple. And as I said, I'm, I'm not your CEO with 20 years of experience. So there's a bit of a risk that the club was taken. I'm glad they did. And uh, I'd like to say I haven't let them down too often so far. What was the reaction of the supporters? Uh, I'd say most of them said it's uh, it's good to have a former player with, with that reputation uh, back at the club. Um, I would I would argue that most of them like to see me here, but now I'm being judged on the results. It, it, it doesn't matter what I've achieved as a player, the fact that I've won the Bundesliga title with the club before. It, it's all about the performance, um, whether we will do well in the next few years with me at the top um, that's that's all they do. But at the beginning, I think they were quite happy, and now it's it depends on every result every weekend. So if we win next weekend, they'll be very happy. If we lose, they won't be. It, it's clearly a role that you're passionate about. Clearly a role that you enjoy. Are you still as ambitious as you were when you were a player? I am again. I'm again. Uh, when I when I quit playing, uh, I needed my time to, to to distance myself from from the industry, from the from the business. I didn't think I would get back into football. But with the job over the years, the hunger came back, the ambition came back, the desire to be successful, to now have that responsibility. Such a huge club with over 70,000 members on normal regular home games, 60,000 fans when they're allowed to come. It's, it's massive. So I feel that responsibility and I just want to do well for the club. And personally, of course, it would be great satisfaction to, to leave my mark. What would be a successful season for Stuttgart, Thomas? We are we keeping our feet on the ground. We just got promoted. I said we want to stay in the league. As simple as that. That's a, a 15th position in the Bundesliga or better. But that's our goal uh, to to stabilize ourselves, uh, get back into the Bundesliga and and stay there for a very very long time. But right now, not talk about European football. Just stay in the league. I'm glad you've still got that accent, by the way. There's a little bit of Birmingham in there. There's the odd little Scouse, little Scouse twang, tiny little Scouse twang in there. You've, you've, you've picked up a little bit everywhere you've been. I have. I have indeed. Uh, unintentionally, to be honest. It's probably another sign of, of enjoying where you are. You listen yeah. carefully. You, you pick various things up. And language is always the, the obvious one. Uh, and, and I'm glad uh, because, you know, you haven't asked me that question. But even though it's only... A year or less than a year at Everton, but it was it was brilliant and and I don't know maybe I can go back there because there are some other Germans in the city, but yeah. ideally I get back and watch an Everton game. 
Is your kit man at Stuttgart anything like Jimmy Martin? No. <laughs> Jimmy Martin is unique, that's for sure. Alice is also kind of unique, but I wouldn't compare anybody with Jimmy. So, although finally, although it was only a brief stay, you've still got fond memories and you've still got a bit of affection for Everton Football Club, haven't you? Certainly, certainly. I said short period, but it was enough and intense enough to say it's it's a club like no no other club. These three club in, in clubs in England stand out for me because you have that personal memory, and most of it was very very positive. So I'm glad you got in touch and and you said uh, maybe some people want to listen to to our chat that we have. So that's that's a great honour, and, and um, I'm, I'm glad I spent the year in in Liverpool at Everton. Thomas, thanks very much indeed for catching up with us. Cheers, Darren. <laughs>